Hello and welcome to Real Men Feel. This is your host, author, coach, and healer, Andy Grant. Thank you for joining us today as we talk about men. (laughs) Big surprise. Specifically, we're going to be talking about making safe spaces for men to openly share about the experience of being a man. If you are interested in a one-on-one space to unpack some of your experiences, book a call with me to start the process. Visit theandygrant.com slash talk to learn more. Again, that is theandygrant.com slash talk because you are worth it. My guest today is Alicia Jane Buss. Alicia is a coach, speaker, facilitator, equine connection coach, podcaster, and much more. We discuss Alicia's passion for men having a voice, for male authenticity, and ridding ourselves of shame. Alicia opens up about everything from stand-up comedy to her sex drive and her global resources for men offerings. Are you ready to meet a good human? Let's do it. Hello, Alicia, and welcome to Real Men Feel. Hi, Andy. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate the laughter preemptively before the interview and uh, the ability to just hang out and talk about everything. This is going to be no holds barred, freakish, all over the place conversation. I'm super excited about it. (laughs) Awesome. So when I first met you, we chatted for a bit. You talked about being an advocate for men's rights. That's right. What does that mean to you? What that means to me is creating a safe, non-judgmental space for men to safely articulate their life experience vulnerably because so many men out there who I've spoken to around the world find it that they oftentimes get shut down, shamed, invalidated, and basically shit on if they express their emotions and what they're experiencing, if it doesn't align with the social standards of what the traditional masculinity is supposed to look like. So for all of history, I feel like pretty much women have had space within their own groups to have support and talk about the things that they're struggling with. But I don't see that men necessarily have that. And so that is the right that I am advocating for is for men to get to be their full, authentic selves safely and exploring what that looks like across the board, just as women have for pretty much seems like forever. And what got you interested in this level of serving men to begin with? Why, like, why do you care? Why do I care? And that's a fantastic question, you know? <laughs> so I care for a lot of reasons. I have two brothers and I have a five-year-old nephew who I absolutely adore, who loves me. And I have two dads because my parents divorced when I was very young. I've had male friends for most of my life and I've always really gotten along with men, oftentimes more so than women, probably because I am in my masculine energy more so than my feminine, but that's a different conversation. (laughs) But in the beginning, what got me into this in the last year specifically is that I work with horses as a connection coach. And that's what my postgraduate degree is in, as well as my master's in education, more focused on working with horses. And when the pandemic hit, as a massage therapist, my clinic was closed and the work that I was doing with horses wasn't able to continue, obviously. And so I jumped on Zoom calls around the world, talking to different people, 
with horses and how they were trying to find a way to navigate technology in a field where traditionally we didn't integrate technology with partnering with horses. And in that experience, I stumbled across a friend of mine named Jake LaRue, which has his own podcast, Man with the Horse, who's based out of North Carolina. He's a former Marine and he got onto my YouTube channel, Horsepower Empowerment Through Connection, and he vulnerably shared his personal experience for the first time on a social platform regarding being convicted of domestic assault and battery. And I felt very honored that he felt safe enough with me to be able to have that conversation in a public forum. Amazing feedback about people like coming to him and being grateful that he shared that experience because oftentimes people don't feel safe because of the shame that is put forth towards men who have been in that position before. And we don't always talk about the flip side of men being in situations where they're the victims of domestic violence and assault by women or by men and trying to have healthier conversations about that. And then at the end of the conversation, I had it with my friend, Jake LaRue, who is a former Marine. He said to me, I really wish I had a group of guys to talk to about masculinity and just out of nowhere, I was just like, well, why don't I just host a men's summit? And I had never done work with men before. I'd never created a summit before. I had never had my own YouTube channel before. Like, I think he's maybe like my sixth person I interviewed or something like that. And I just saw a need where people felt like they needed to have a voice. They needed to not feel like they were alone in the things that they were struggling with. So I created these groups, the Global Resources for Men on Facebook, which has over 250 members from around the world. And my Phoenix Rising Women's group, um, who also has like around 250 women from around the world, to be able to have that safe, non-judgmental space for men and women to articulate the things they're struggling with and find camaraderie. So I guess that's the kind of the long answer to why do I work with men? I work with men because my friend was struggling and I stepped forward simply to be there for my friend. And it wasn't about making money. It wasn't about making this giant like global enterprise or anything like that initially. It was really just my friend needs somebody to talk to. He's struggling to find other men to talk about masculinity with. And I, one of my special skill sets is to connect with people and connect people with one another in a way that makes them feel seen and able to be safely authentic. So that's what, that's what I did. Cool. So in your work as a, a, a connection coach with horses, that was not exclusive to men or anything. This, this really is a, an outcropping of the pandemic, your focus on masculinity. Yes, the, the focus on masculinity really is just an outcropping from the pandemic and seeing that people were struggling a lot. And when my friend Jake talked to me about that's what his need was, I started exploring the possibility. I'm like, well, who could I have on the summit? because I wanted to have it be as inclusive as possible. So I had men from like representing literally every continent, except for Antarctica, because, you know, they freeze up a little down there. <laughs> but uh, I had millionaires, I had Hollywood producers, I had life coaches, I had men of color, I had men from the military, I had men with disabilities, and I had men with different sexual orientations to step forward and share their views of masculinity and what they felt men were struggling with from their culture and really just imparting some wisdom and creating an open for any of the men to come forward and ask questions and gain support 
And it was pretty profound how the men came together and there was no arrogance or ego or expectations. It was really just a group of men being there as human beings to provide support and have conversation. And I feel very privileged and honored to have gotten to be part of that. Yeah, that's a a big secret of this show and for men in general is reminding men that they are in fact human beings. Yeah, you're human. Like emotion is like scientifically part of what we experience on this planet. (laughs) Have all men reacted to you as a leader, as a facilitator? Have all guys been open to a woman kind of leading them in their questioning of masculinity? Yeah, it's kind of been phenomenal. It has been remarkable how well I have been received. I think out of the last year, I've only had three or four men out of like easily a hundred that I have spoken to that are just like, what are you doing as a woman? Like, and after they asked me that though, which is interesting, they said, I'm asking you that blatantly because I feel like you're strong enough to feel that question. So it wasn't a derogatory sort of situation. I mean, like one was a little bit on the edge of it. But they they wanted to hear an answer. Yeah. They really wanted to know that. Yeah, he did. He wanted to know. And ironically, he's somebody who runs a men's group. And I think that it's for some people, a lot of men have experienced pain at the hands of women. Emotional pain, sometimes physical pain, just shitty situations. Just like, you know, women have experienced negative things with men. I mean, it's just like it's human. We have poor experiences with other humans and they just happen to be a set gender with some of those different roles that we play. So I think by having a woman host that space, there's a little bit of natural healing that occurs from the trauma they've experienced or the negative experience. Maybe it's not trauma. Maybe it's just, it was really not pleasant to be shut down or whatever that looks like for somebody and to step forward and be held in a sacred way Like I'm not there to tell men how to be men. I come from a space of like pure facilitation. Like I'm there to hold the container and have a conversation and have men have those conversations with themselves, like with each other and sometimes with themselves. You know, we all talk to ourselves sometimes. (laughs) And what's the reaction to women when they discover that you're, you know, you're being of of service and support to men? Do they think it's interesting, care at all? No. It's funny. I have been shockingly supported across the board in this endeavor. When I talk to men and women, no matter what their races or socioeconomic status or religion, politics, like any of that, they're always just like, that's great. And some men are more emphatic about it. They're just like, I really appreciate you stepping forward and holding that space for men. And oftentimes when I talk to women, they're just like, that's great men really need the support. They're not getting it. So women, the most of the women that I talk to, like genuinely recognize that men aren't getting support that they need and that there are a lot of double standards out there for men and that they're struggling to navigate what that looks like in a safe way. Because literally there are some situations where it is not safe for a man to be able to articulate his experience. For instance, when I talk to men in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, sometimes they'll talk to me one-on-one about what they're experiencing in the entertainment industry, but they will not go on a recorded space because it will potentially jeopardize their career. Now, how fucked is that? That like we have the Me Too movement and we have all these actresses that get to come out about the negative experiences that they've had and then been sexually assaulted or harassed or whatnot, but men aren't. What do you think this lack of support for men is, is rooted in? 
I think that there has been a lot of different, I mean, there's so many different things to look at from the lack of support, you know, societally, we look at the patriarchy and people look at it very narrow-mindedly, right? Because there's that one standard of what that masculine man traditionally is supposed to look like. But what about all those other guys that don't fall into that category and how they're negatively impacted by that standard? People oftentimes talk about the patriarchy and they just talk about how it negatively impacts women and how men have had all these rights. And it's just like, well, what about all those guys that didn't fall into that box and how they're negatively impacted societally, right? Where has their support been over the ages? You've mentioned the, the the shame that men feel often. Is that mostly internal shame, shame from societies, shame from other men? How, how do you see that that showing up? I think it shows up on multiple platforms. I mean, look at how we just like razz each other. Like we say that we're joking, but there's a line, right? There's a line in sports. There's a line when you're out with your guy friends. They're just like trying to be like, man up. How do we, what is the energy that we put behind different words? You know, what are the standards in your group of what's acceptable? Because what's acceptable with a group of Marines is not going to be acceptable in a group of gamers, for instance, you know, or like tech guys. Like it might be, but like it's probably going to be different. And it's not necessarily that it's bad for any one group. But when you have somebody cross over into a new group and they try and take those set social standards that they're accustomed to and they walk into a new group and social setting without really assessing the situation and what's appropriate. Like you're going to have a break in communication and boundaries and affinity, right? And since like people aren't necessarily good at either regulating their emotions, clearly articulating what they're experiencing, then you have drama that ensues and like not having healthy conflict resolution because people just aren't feeling okay to express what they're experiencing. And feeling okay, having that safe space there's no hard definition. It's it's different depending on who's in that space, it sounds like. Yeah, definitely. And because we need to talk more about social and cultural norms. And unfortunately, just conversations don't really come up. And so it's like a cultural norm is when, for, and this is where a double standard can come forward. It's like you come into a space and a woman could say something sexual towards a guy or a group of people or even her girlfriends. But then a guy says the exact same thing and he's shamed, he's shut down, and he's a predator. Sometimes, I'm not saying all the times, but I feel like that happens more. And that's unfortunate because that's a double standard. And like, why is it safe for you, but not safe for them? Cool. So do you lead any groups that bring men and women together and have that, I was going to say intercourse, but interplay <laughs> and intercourse perhaps? <laughs> well, that's a different conversation. Um, <laughs> we all need stress relief in some ways. Uh, <laughs> At this point, I don't. I think there are some really great people out there that lead those kinds of groups. And I am happy to direct people to those. Charles Clay in Austin, Texas, he runs some really great men's groups. And I know he and his partner run um, some couples groups. There's Shafar in um, QRT, Shafar Graves, and he's in California and San Diego. And Solomon Buller are leading a course in like mid-September. Like there are people out there that do the couples, but I feel like there are not that many people out there that do work with men. I'm really grateful that you sent me to some women that are actually like full on supporting men. And then I look forward to having more of those conversations in the future. But I have won into almost no women who are specifically facilitating groups for men. And you also have your group for women. So 
Does it ever happen that the same topics are the point of conversation in both groups? Or is it always very, oh, it does. I do. I do do that on purpose sometimes because I'm really curious. And sometimes whichever one I have first can feed into the second one and what I bring forward in how people look at things. And it helps inform the way that I'm operating people. And if there's anything that I need to like feed into the other groups so that they can support one another and see a different viewpoint. Every once in a great while, I might put an interview into one of the groups that I've done with the other gender, but very, very rarely do I ever cross the streams because I think it's just important to hold that sacred space for men to be supported. And there are no other women allowed in my group. I'm very, I am the queen of the castle and there are no other ladies allowed. (laughs) (laughs) So, so with all this, with this private access to the hearts and minds of men, is there something that stands out that you wish more women knew about men? You know, the thing that I would really wish that women were better about with men is having grace. Because I feel like oftentimes like a man might want to come forward in a conversation, but the woman just is impatient and doesn't give him the space that he needs to be able to feel safe and not hurried and communicate the things that he needs. And in turn, just like, and for the men, like oftentimes they want to fix a problem instead of listening and creating space on the other end of that as well. Yeah, that's a, I see that in lots of guys, that's the challenge that men we're created to be action takers and fixers. Right. And a woman talks about a problem and a man might be only trying to fix it and offering advice and input. And like, no, she just wanted to share a problem. Didn't, didn't want any solution. Wasn't looking for that perhaps, but a man will kind of jump the gun to that. Like, let's fix this. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some of the really beautiful thing about me partnering in these groups of men is for them to see what a healthy role model is for dialogue with a woman. That they can dialogue with a woman and she's not going, like that she'll actually be patient and listen and not be reactive and being able to have a two-way dialogue and be like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. Or that's confusing. Can you try and explain it to me in a different way? Or this is a great one for both men and women. I feel myself getting really irrational right now. And I need to step away from this conversation so that I can get back to a space where of neutrality with enough bandwidth for us to have a healthy conversation and being able to honor that and walk away because so many people will just keep pushing because they want to get their point across. They want to feel heard. Like their ego is like right in their ear and their expectations of what the outcome of that conversation is supposed to look like is right just so loud. It's so loud. You know? I feel like yeah, we've like, all had that moment. We're just like, but you need to understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And the more you do that, the less the person is listening. Right. And they just shut yeah. down and they get pissed off. And it's just like a shot across the bow. And so I, I've told friends, like I had this, this one, a relationship that I was in for a long time and it was really dysfunctional. And I was so grateful when I got to the point where I'd have that conversation, I'd be on the phone and I'd just be like, Hey, I can't continue talking to you about this. And when he would continue to push on me, I'd just be like, hey, if you if you can't stop, I'm going to hang up on you. And if he just got, I would literally just hang up on him and just not make my, hey, can't talk to you. And if that means that it's to the point where I literally have to block you on the phone until I'm in a more rational space because you just won't stop texting me or calling me or whatever. Like I'll block you until I, I have enough bandwidth that I can re-engage and then I'll unblock you and I'll text you or I'll call you. And if that's too much for the person that you're with, like, then you probably shouldn't be with them. 
Right. It's healthy boundaries, which yeah. so many people don't have. Exactly. And, and it's yeah. like, and if you're not in a space to have that kind of healthy boundary and healthy communication with the person that you're with, either because it's you, you can't do that, or the other person can't do that, then it's probably time to take a break and either work on yourself or give the other person the space to work on themselves if that's the space that they're in in their journey. And it sucks. And it's hard to walk away from those people, but like, man, your mental health is way more important no matter how great the sex is. And sometimes I know that like being in a level of comfort and having great sex can be incredibly difficult to walk away from. Yeah, we did a a show a few weeks ago about a guy that was in a narcissistic relationship, one that destroyed everything. And he just, the sex was so good. He put up with all this chaos and craziness and drama. And it wasn't only once he found that there was a version of him in every town that this woman visited that he finally said enough was enough. But- yeah, and shame falls yeah, up there. So like, much. Yeah, how would you let yourself be taken advantage of? Or how dare you think sex isn't the most important thing? Or, you know, all these different ways that men compare themselves. So yeah. many things. And it's it's a lot. And I mean, like, for me, I feel like I bring this up in every conversation. But because it, it's, it's halfway funny. Because I've been single for like 13 years. but And there's lots of reasons behind that for traveling and injury or whatever. But the bottom line is that I'm not willing to sacrifice my sanity, like my mental health, just to not be lonely. Some people say it's like, yeah, you have high standards. And I was like, I do, but they shouldn't be because like my standards are like, be kind, have a growth mindset, like be accountable for your shit, like communicate and have healthy boundaries. I don't feel like that should be considered high standards. Yeah. It's just like compared to most people having none, any standard seems high. Why are we at, why would this be like a high standard? It seems so weird to me. I'm just like. I'd ask those people, ask them, do, do they have any standards? If someone thinks yours are high, ask what theirs are. Yeah. It's just, it's really interesting. And some people do have high standards and they say that like, oh, those are high standards because they see so many people without them. They don't say that they're bad high standards. They're just like, they see so many people out there that don't have those foundational things. And that's not shaming people who don't have them. The implication of high standards, like there's a derogatory implication into having, like how dare you th- have high such high standards? I just think it's really interesting. But like I run across that and it's not that I'm not open to dating. I mean, I travel a lot, which makes dating more difficult. But being able to communicate, it's just like, and then somebody was like, oh, like I'm three hours away. I'm like, I'm not going to date somebody that's three hours away. I want to have sex like every single day, like twice, preferably. And, you know, and, and that's another thing about being in healthy relationships is being able to have somebody that matches your drive. Because if you have somebody that's basically like asexual and then you have somebody that's like, oh, like I want to have sex like three times a week. Or you have somebody that's like, I really need to have sex like at least three times a day because those people are out there too. And that's like, how do you budget your time? Because if you work full time and you want to have sex that often, like that can be problematic, especially if your partner's schedule isn't at the same thing as yours. And so some people might be like, oh, well, you're being superficial because you want to have sex that often. But if you're being real and honoring who you are as a person, and it's not just about like the physical act of coming together, but like rather like on a spiritual level and having the nurturing and it being energetic and grounding and whatever, like there's all these extra pieces that make it a deep ask instead of a superficial ask. Cause if it's just about like getting off, it's like you got two hands and toys, like what do you need a person for? But just getting to like, be like own who you are. Like, and if you're an asexual person, there's no shame in that. 
but be who you are and communicate that. So you don't end up leading somebody on. Like if you're male or female, it doesn't matter. Just like explore who you are and what you like, and don't be ashamed of whatever that is. Just transparently, clearly articulate it. So people know what they're walking into and what they need to walk away from or towards. Have you always been aware of your masculine energy and getting along with with guys easier than women? Or or is this something that's changed over time? Yes and no. So I have wonderful family members, but they definitely like require you, I feel like, to play more in the masculine just because they're really strong personalities. My father's had really high standards. Yeah, there's just there's a lot. There's a lot more to that. But it was always about the hustle, which is, is, of course, masculine energy. And wanting to always be as good as the guys. So like I always had to be able to play on the same level that men could for as long as I can remember. So diving into the feminine has actually been more difficult for me in general. And I've been trying to do a better job of that like this last year. And which is so funny, right? Because my primary job is doing massage, which is super nurturing. (laughs) And like in the feminine, I feel like, and I'm just like a really sweet and like goofy human in general, like I just love to like engage my inner my inner wonder child. So I feel like that's probably as close as I get to engaging more of the feminine is like falling into that place. Right. But yeah, no, I've just I've always been more like that. And I've had lots of sexual energy for my whole life, basically. Like it's been a real problem. And so part of the reason I have a lot of compassion for men and empathy is because transmuting sexual energy is necessary. And like understanding how to recognize when that's coming forward out of you, even when you're not necessarily conscious of it and the problems that it's creating in your life, be it like work or friendships. Like I haven't been invited to very many weddings in my life. Like, why is that? Because a lot of women feel threatened basically because I make them feel insecure. And it's not because I have the intention to steal their husband or their boyfriend away from them but because I have just like a natural amount of like sexual energy that comes from me that makes insecure people more insecure. (laughs) Does that energy, you having that energy, does it make it easier or does it make it any different to lead a virtual men's group as opposed to a physical circle of men? I think that because like I'm 41 years old right now and I've spent a lot of time being able to ground myself out and channel things appropriately. So I have this funny joke is that the reason that I'm single is because I, men either don't respect me enough or they respect me too much. <laughs> you become the lone, the ideal female held on a pedestal. Is that the kind yeah, of thing? I'm just, I'm just like the ones that don't respect me enough. I want to engage with them. The ones that respect me too much are the ones that I want to, but can't. <laughs> And so I am not a perfect person by any stretch of the imagination, but I do do my best to be transparent. Not because I feel it's not about people needing to look at me. It's about like, Hey, it's been articulated to me too many times that people feel like they're alone for me to not just be like, Hey, here's me. And maybe there's somebody out here that really needs to hear that story so that they don't feel as much shame or they don't feel alone or whatever. That's what's important. What are some of the benefits that you see in men when they do have that space to freely, openly, authentically share what's going on for them? Aside from the mean way sex here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, I might appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like they do. Most women find men more attractive that are able to articulate their emotions. But there's like a balance, right? Because 
you also want that healthy masculine ability to lead and step into a position of like holding space and protecting. And that's why like guys get friend zoned sometimes, right? Is because they're not able to step into that strong, healthy masculine of being able to lead. Because you think about dancing, right? If anybody's out there that's ever partner danced, you don't want your woman back leading you. Women don't want to have to feel like they need to lead you because they don't feel safe in how you are holding space. And there is not like I can lead and follow as a dancer. Like that's something that I love to do. Like I'm a very proficient salsa dancer. And so I can lead men. I can lead women. I can do all those things, but I love being led well and being able to give myself fully to that space. And so when I think about a healthy masculine, I think about that because as a strong personality, it's just like, yes, I'm totally fine being either, but I love being able to surrender to the feminine and be led safely by a man. Is it more challenging to work with men or horses? Oh, that's a really good question. I guess it depends on the man and depends on the horse. All right. <laughs> All right. Ge- generally, if you have the option, you have a, a bit, uh, you have an afternoon to work with a horse or a man. Oh, there's so many funny jokes there. oh i just love being jokey and irreverent as often as possible you know there's a time and a place to be serious and i know this this interview will go out to the world and hopefully i won't be kicking myself later for all that but no for me working with horses would probably take precedence because there is this sacred space that's created in partnership with horses And the energy that they exude from their hearts, there's an electromagnetic sphere that radiates from all of our hearts. And um, so when you feel somebody in your space bubble, like that's what you're thinking. But there is actually science that can measure that electromagnetic sphere. And then horses, obviously they're larger creatures for the most part, unless you're talking too many, have a larger electromagnetic sphere. So when your sphere integrates with their sphere, then a co-regulation can occur. So they can help relax you and you can help to relax them. So if you see a horse that's frightened, you work on your breathing and your grounding and the horse should will naturally like calm down because of that co-regulation. And there's different chemicals that are released in your brain, like your happy chemicals to make you feel more relaxed and joyful when you're in the presence of a horse. So there's a joy joke. There's a joy that there's these girls out there that they get like, you know, addicted to horses and, uh, <laughs> And so, but that's like an actual thing, according to science, because of the different chemicals that are being released in the brain when in the presence of horses. Yeah. So would I rather work with men or horses? Unless it's a horse that's terrifying me, like it's probably going to be a, it's probably going to be a horse. I don't think you've had the chance yet, but is that something you would like to do? Like work with men and horses, bring this whole, bring everything you're doing together? I would love to get to work with men and horses. I've worked with men and horses before. It's a really beautiful thing to get to see people just transformed when they're working with horses. And I do my best to just hold the space and ask the right questions. But I find that most people have everything that they need inside of themselves already. They just need somebody to help them feel safe and ask the right questions. Yeah. And I've I've done multiple shows about the connection between men and dogs and how animals can let us lower our guard down and lower the mass. And any guy that thinks he's not emotional and doesn't cry, I was like, well, go watch soldiers returning home, meeting their dogs, watch those videos because they're just tearjerkers. They're oh, yeah, but- no, absolutely. And it's also different, though, with um, people and dogs versus people and horses because dogs are predators and horses are prey. And then you also have the size differentiation. So nonverbal communication is expressed from both, but more noticeable from horses because of their size. 
And people that are dealing with confidence issues can overcome them more easily when, when working with horses, typically. And sometimes if somebody's like, I'm really afraid of horses, I'm like, yeah, that's no problem. We don't need to go into the field. And working with people at the healthy gradient that matches them is super important, right? Because I'm, it's not about my ego. It's not about my expectations. I'm there to help facilitate a person in the space that they're at the gradient that's important for them. And I think in society today, it's so much about the instant gratification. People don't understand the process of a healthy gradient. Like we have all these diet fads, right? And like, oh, and I need to bulk up and get all these muscles. But are you playing the long game? Because like how healthy is it for your body to drop that much weight, like so fast, right? You want to drop and build and then you'll be healthy for the rest of your life if done correctly, right? What's your grand vision for global resources for men? What do you want this to become, turn into? What do I want it to become and turn into? Well, for global resources for men on Facebook, I would really like to find more men who are interested in contributing regularly to the group. Even if it's just like, hey, I'm going to pop in for a five minute live and provide a resource on Financial Fridays when we talk about financial literacy and help support men there or Military Mondays and bringing some sort of resource specifically to help men who are in the military or Wellness Wednesdays and having doctors hop on and talk about something that men don't necessarily talk about or know about their physiology, endocrine system or whatever. And then having personal trainers hop on and offer like a 30 minute session or even a 15 minute session and also mental health awareness because suicide rates are four to six times higher for men than women around the world. So depending on what country is promoting them, that, those are the actual statistics, four to six times more. Like that is a problem. And so since that is so high, especially like let's do something about it. Let's come together. Let's have conversations so people don't get to the point where they literally want to kill themselves because they're not receiving the support or feeling seen, heard, or understood by their friends, family, or community. Yeah, I say in this show all the time that, that silence kills men. Yeah. So the more avenues there are, the more safe places, the more friendships, the more guys that witness someone openly share something and decide to get that they can do that too and just take that. Because one thing I see, so I facilitate groups at mensgroup.com and competitiveness of men can be used to their advantage when that one man really shares or gets emotional like other guys, yeah, they want to one up themselves even with their, 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 their emotional suffering. pain. They're yeah, just like, oh, really I is. experienced this one thing this one time. And, you know, and that's, it's interesting too. So part of the reason we do the global summit. So we have the global men's summit series and the YouTube channel, global resources for men, which apparently the link I need to fix, but we're uploading the previous summits because we've had two summits. One was on masculinity in business. And then the other was masculinity in relationships and the long-term legacy project goal of that is to literally have global men's summits and global women's summits in every single country in the world with the native language of that country being spoken with culturally relevant topics, always hosted by a woman for the man summits and a man for the women's summits and having interactive activities with horses for one hour each day of the two day summits with five minute exercises in between each of the speakers and having panels where we have people who have literally been at war with one another, either in civil war or at war with a person in another country, and then being on a panel, vulnerably sharing their personal experience of that and being supported by one another as human beings and not entities used by the government. 
to support as many people as we can and have chapters in the men's group and women's group in each country. And then when you travel, if you travel to another country, then you would know that there were a group of men that were of a mindset where you could be supported if something negative happened while you were traveling in that space. Beautiful. I love it. And I say over and over again that authenticity and vulnerability are superpowers that too many men don't take advantage of. That yeah. they, you know, they think they're powerful curses or they don't even exist in a man, those qualities or abilities. But I'm so thrilled that that you listen to your calling to create spaces and encourage more men to be part of these spaces. But yeah, man, I like I'm excited for that that idea of this, the the global network and and the local languages. That's those those are some great tweaks that I've not heard from anyone else what they're up to and adding the horses that's even better yeah thank you no I really appreciate that I just I want every person to be honored to the best of their ability and every one of us has a unique and beautiful talent that we can bring forward that no one can meet the world in any other way like we can and it's just important for everybody to get to have a voice to articulate those things within and feel supported and seen and I don't make any money from the things that I'm currently doing uh, in regards to supporting men. So it really comes from a pure space of wanting to just be there for you guys. Maybe someday I'll monetize it. But at this point, for the last 12 months, I have done it all just because I want to be there. Very cool. So, Alicia, what's the best way for someone to to find out more about you and everything that you're up to? And, and everything that I'm and- up to, yes. And please, like, promote to people if you want to be interviewed for my men's group, Global Resources for Men, or if you know incredible women who would like to be on Phoenix Rising Women's Group, please can DM me. I am on Instagram, but I, I'm not on there very often, to be frank, though you can find me there. And then you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on my website, which is www.globalequineaffiliates.com. And maybe Andy, if you have any show notes that you put along with these things and details, you can just pop that in there for people to find me and you can jump on a call. You can ask questions. Um, you can have me on your podcasts or, you know, movies, TV shows, like whatever you need, (laughs) whatever we can do to bring people together. Right. I'm actually supposed to be um, in my first movie next month. I'll be showing up in a scene in Good Friday, which is a mob comedy based out of 1974 in New York. So that'll be fun. Just spontaneously was connected to, uh, I had a movie producer call me and was like, hey, like the guy saw a different podcast you were on and they all think you should be in the movie. So can you come to New York in September? And I was like, I mean, I guess. Yeah, gotta gotta have a lot of things in that pot. Yeah, so. you know, you just it's all about having fun with life. I randomly tried yeah. to do stand up like a few weeks ago and I did three sets in eight days and it was the first time I'd ever been on stage and I didn't prep for any of them. And you can find those videos on Facebook too if you really want to say Awesome. Yeah. And uh, so every, everything that's mentioned, all the resources, all the ways to connect with Elisa, the, uh, visit realmenfeel.org. The show notes for this episode will be there for easy clicking and finding. And what are you most looking forward to of all the possibilities that you're talking and dreaming about? What's the thing that is you're most excited about? The thing that I'm most excited about? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, being in a movie is pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. That was just spontaneous and seems like a fun thing to get to, to do, to be in a different like energy and experience. And the guys that are running it are really like cool, good, good human beings. And I always like being around cool human beings. I'm just, yeah. I mean, I'm just so grateful for all the incredible people I get to talk to, like yourself, Andy. I have a lot of gratitude for you having me here on your show today. So thank you for that. Awesome. You're very welcome. I'm always glad to find people doing the work and find good human beings, as as you said. 
and you know doing their best to dissolve shame and encourage openness and again men unfortunately need to be reminded a lot that they're freaking human beings yeah and there aren't some emotions that you know we all have masculine and feminine energy it's not a battle of alpha males attacking the betas and all the women are horrible (laughs) and all this nonsense i see out there yeah no there's good people out there um there's a lot more out there than people I think realize these days. And there's just a lot of good human beings out there and just have faith. And the more you are your authentic self in alignment with your values and integrity, the more those people will be pulled towards you naturally. Yeah. yeah. The only definition of masculinity or femininity that matters is yours. And if yours doesn't feel good, if it's not leading you to live a life that you are glad to be living, change the fucking definition. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like if you feel lost, don't shame yourself about where you are. Just try different things until you find something that sparks you and just go down that path for a while. It's just a place of discovery. Right. Yeah. I find life is best lived as an experiment. And it sounds like you do the same thing. I do. I do. I just feel like, hey, let's do this. Like, let's try comedy. Let's try being in movies. Let's do men's groups. Like, let's do this thing with horses. Like, let's move across the country. I mean, I was on the road for four and a half months putting together the global summits before I came to Virginia. So yeah, there's just lots of different opportunities to step forward. And I didn't pay for a single place. I stayed that whole time. I stayed with like some random people. I stayed with some friends. And that's why I tell people, I'm like, there are a lot of good people out there. And I did not feel unsafe one time. Nice. Well, yeah, as a master of creating safe spaces, you probably are naturally that you're resonating from your heart safety all the time. Yeah. Well, it's also just being aware of your surroundings. Be pragmatic. You know, you just don't wander around. I mean, it's great to be an idealist, but don't be an idiot about it. <laughs> Let's just be real. Let's an be real. Ideologist. Oh, cool. Well, Elisa, th- thanks so much for, for joining us. Thanks for sharing everything you're up to. And, and um, I'm excited to see where you take it all to and the global scale of, of global resources That's, for men. It's we'll already, already global scale. Yeah, it has global to be. Scale. Awesome. So thanks everyone for listening to us. Visit realmenfeel.org for all the show notes, for all the links. And wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel, please subscribe, share this with someone, post a review, a comment. Uh, you can reach out to me at realmenfeel at gmail.com. I'm always glad to hear from you. And Real Men Feel has been producing a weekly show for over a year now. Woo-hoo! And I'm actually finally going to take a break. Just going to take a short two-week break. So if you are listening to this in kind of real time as release time at the end of August in 2021... There'll just be a short two weeks till there's a new show. If you're listening to this at any other time, there's probably not a wait at all. You can go <laughs> forward or backward in time and listen to, you know, our literal hundreds of other episodes. But if you want to ensure that Real Men Feel never stops, you can directly support the show. There's a link at the bottom of the show notes. You can give as little as 99 cents a month to ensure that the message of better humanity, better, better men, open ideas of masculinity, embracing authenticity, vulnerability, decreasing the shame, bringing people together, that that mission can continue if that matters to you. And if you made it this far, it does matter to you as much as it matters to us. Appreciate your support. Until next time, be good to yourself. Heck yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye.